as believers, Jesus said, is to seek first the kingdom of heaven and all of its righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. See, the emphasis in the ministry of Jesus was to prepare people for the kingdom. Jesus said that he had to go away. That the helper, the Holy Ghost, the great teacher could come and teach us things pertaining to the kingdom. Trying to get the pattern here, the picture. Everything Jesus did was to prepare us for the kingdom. kingdom. After Jesus was resurrected from the grave and was with the disciples for 40 days before Pentecost hit the church, he taught them things pertaining to the things that he couldn't teach them before. That now he can teach them things pertaining to the kingdom. Jesus told Peter, I will give you the keys to the kingdom. In Philippians, you don't have to turn there, you can if you want to. See, every kingdom has currency. The United States of America has currency. We'll teach more on this later. Uh, not today. This is just a little introduction. Every kingdom has currency that works within the kingdom. See, you can take a quarter and you can grind off the face of one of the quarters and you've devalued that. You've made that coin of no value. It's not recognized by the kingdom of the United States of America. You've devalued it. You've defaced it. See, faith and see, faith is a token. See, in Philippians it says that fearlessness is an evident token of your enemy's destruction and of your salvation. Fearlessness is a token. We used to pass out tokens and keep it in your pocket. See, a token is proof that you have a ride on a bus. A token is proof you've got a car wash coming whenever you need it. See, the kingdom has currency. They have to- it works within the kingdom. It's recognized. Faith without is defaced. It's devalued. Faith has two sides to it. Belief and works. See how it works? Kingdoms have languages. Being in Houston, and no disrespect by any means, please. I can say some Spanish. Como esta? <laughs> Muy buen. Here's my favorite. Mucho dinero. I like that one. But it doesn't make me Spanish. See, to speak Spanish, you got to think Spanish to really be Spanish. See, there's a lot of Christians who can say verses in Scripture, but they're not thinking. They can quote some stuff, mucho dinero, <laughs> muy buen, and como esta. That's about as far as it goes, too, by the way. <laughs> Unless you get into the deep stuff, taco, burrito, taco bueno. How close is it to lunch? We'll work on that one. <laughs> but see, within the kingdom, there's a language. And we'll get into that later. But see, also within the kingdom, there's keys that only work within the kingdom. That's why Jesus said... I'll give you the keys to the kingdom. No, I just a scripture. I don't know. What, what are the keys to the kingdom? We're going to talk about what I believe is the master key. The master. That opens 
every door. Matter of fact, the scripture that talks about that where, where Jesus tells Peter that he's going to give him the keys to the king, kingdom, it goes on to say whatever you loose on earth be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And for years, I've been involved in deliverance. I've been involved in all kinds of warfare, and I've heard all kinds of teaching about binding and loosing. But not one of them are correct. Because we end up going out and binding and loosing. I bind you, devil, in the name of Jesus. I loose you from this person, or whatever. It doesn't say that we're supposed to be binding and loosing with our mouth. It says that the keys will bind. And the keys will loose. Not you saying binding and loosing. It says whatever you loose, but you got to use the key. It's not about you saying in the name of Jesus, I bind you. It's about you using the keys that Jesus has given us that operate and work within the kingdom of heaven. I've done a lot of binding and loosing, and it didn't work. <laughs> I know people that got in an airplane, a jet, they rented a jet, and they flew over San Francisco in the heavenlies and bound and loose. They were doing all this warfare against homosexuality. It didn't work. <laughs> because they didn't use the keys. See, keys will open and close. Another word for binding and loosing is opening and closing. What do keys do? They give you access or deny you access or hold something in that you're not supposed to let go. You want the peace of God to stay within your heart? Close the door. Don't let it out. So Jesus told Peter, he said, I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom of of heaven that's on this earth. Not the keys to heaven, but the kingdom of heaven. So before the next four weeks, we're going to talk about what I believe the Bible says is the master key. And it's the least thing talked about in the church, and it is the easiest thing to apply. You'll not find anything that changes your life quicker easier and make you happier fill your life full of friends and make you go through storms like they're not even there is that a good advertisement y'all gonna be here four weeks in a row you gonna bring your friends see if you don't need this your friends do we're gonna talk about why you don't bring people we're going to talk about why people don't bring you. Everybody say thankfulness. thankfulness. Next week we're going to talk about access. Thankfulness gives you access to God. Thankfulness gives you access to each other. Enter the gates with... You can't even go into the court without first being thankful. Make prayer and supplication with? Enter his presence with? God acknowledges thankfulness. It gives you access. We're going to talk about that next week. These are all commercials, by the way. I know you're not used to commercials in church, but that's okay. You're not, you're not used to me either. Two weeks, I'm going to teach you how to make wine. <gasps> In church? Anywhere you want. <laughs> In two weeks, I'm going to teach you how to make wine instead of wine. W-H-I-N-E. Oh, some of y'all got that. Wine, the title of the message is Wine versus Wine. <laughs> You can make W-I-N-E, or you can make W-H-I-N-E. <laughs> it's your choice. 
Thankfulness is the wine of life. Then in the last week, we're going to talk about multiplication and division. So if you don't like math, come anyway, because it has nothing to do with numbers. Today we're going to talk about changes, circumstances. Turn with me to the book of 1 Thessalonians. Now I need you to work with me and give me a little leeway, a little latitude. If you come from a religious mindset and you're kind of focused that church has to be a certain way and messages have to be a certain way, please take that box off of me. For you to really understand what we're talking about today, I want you to come out of that box. 1 Thessalonians. It says this, if, if you've never, if you don't know necessarily what the will of the Lord is in your life, I'm going to read it to you. Verse six, chapter 5, verse 16. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. In everything, give thanks. For this is the will of God. Did you hear what I said? This is. You want to know what the will of God is? Give thanks. It doesn't matter what you're going through, what you've gone through, what your past, present, or future dictates. Give thanks. Not necessarily for the circumstance, but give thanks. Learn to be thankful in the midst of any circumstance. See, one thing you need to understand is that changes are inevitable. Did I say that right? I got that from the movie Matrix. I like the way the guy said that, inevitable. Inevitable. They're going to happen. Changes are going to happen. Nothing that you go through stays forever. How you go through those changes is determined by what you do in those changes. How long you stay in those circumstances determine what you do in those circumstances. Well, Pastor, I'd like to see a scripture on that one. I'm glad you asked. First of all, I want you to turn to the book of Romans and put your finger there. Romans chapter 1. Now I'm cheating because I know where I'm going and what I'm doing. And I've got little ribbons. And I can find the book of Jonah pretty fast because of my ribbons. Once you get your finger into the book of Romans chapter 1, Keep your finger there and turn to Jonah. In my Bible, it's 880. So if that helps you, it's one, maybe two little pages. Does everybody know the story of Jonah? See, God came to Jonah one day and said, Jonah, I want you to do something. And Jonah, in a nutshell, said this, I don't want to do it. And so he ignored the will of God for his life and turned around and did what he wanted to do. See, Jonah was very selfish. You're going to find out that selfishness is the root of all sin. You'll find out that selfishness is the root of all your problems. As long as you are in the center of your universe, you will not experience God. As long as you're the center of your universe, God will use you, but you won't know it. God used donkeys in Scripture, too. Listen to what happened to Jonah's life. Jonah got in a boat. Storm came. They realized Jonah was the problem. They threw him out of the boat, and a big fish came and swallowed him. Everybody understand the story? Chapter 2. 
Now, at the beginning of chapter 2, it gives you Jonah's prayer. I'm just going to read it real quick. Then Jonah prayed to the Lord, his God, from the fish's belly. And he said, I cried out to the Lord because of my affliction. And he answered me. Out of, out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas. For the floods surrounded me. And uh, all your billows and your waves passed over me. Then I said, I have been cast out of your sight. Yes, I will look again toward your holy temple. The waters surrounded me, even to my soul. The deep closed around me. Weeds were around my head. I went down to the moorings of the mountains. Now, the moorings of the mountains, don't, see, the mountains don't stop at the sea. They go down to the bottom, uh, to underneath the sea. So the moorings is like the bilges. It's the bottom of the earth, as deep as you can go. The earth with its bars closed behind me forever. See, we're going to talk about some of this stuff on Wednesday night because when you think you're in a circumstance that no one else has already been, your imagination goes crazy. See, forever was a lie. No circumstance lasts forever. Now, before he prayed this, what you need to understand is this. In verse 8 it says this. Those who regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy. But I will sacrifice to you with the voice... Oh, excuse me, verse 7, I'm sorry. Back up to verse 7. It says, When my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. See, in the midst of his circumstances, after he had fainted in his soul, after he thought life was over, that it can't get any worse than this, when he came to the end of himself, he remembered the Lord. And my prayer, the prayer we just, the prayer we just read, and my prayer went up to you into your holy Temple. For whose regard worthless idols forsake their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to you with the voice of thanksgiving. Now, here's the deep theological concept I want you to grasp this morning. Is everybody looking up here? Jonah, remember, no circumstance lasts forever. Jonah was going to come out of the well one way or the other. And there's a whole lot more pressure coming out of the other opening. Yeah, yeah than the big one. <laughs> what school did he go to? I'm a fisherman. In the digestive tract of a fish lasts about... You've got a choice how you come out of your situation. And there's a whole lot more pressure coming out this way. Vomit was the best word. How did he make the change? What made the difference in his life? He was coming out, people. He remembered his God with thanksgiving. Now you think this is a story that's just like just in there for funnies? No. Because it says, as Jesus was in the belly of the, I mean, as Jonah was in the belly well, so Jesus was in the grave. The same way Jesus came out of the grave is the way Jonah. See, death, just a circumstance. It's something you pass 
through. When the scripture says, it came to pass, I mean, it came, it, it's called, that it's, it's passing, it's going through. See, it didn't, come, it didn't come to stay. It came to pass. It happened. It's a process of change. And in your life, there's something that can radically change the way you come out of your situations. And that is the key of the kingdom, which is thankfulness. It doesn't matter what your situation is, what your circumstances, how long you've been in it, it doesn't matter. Thankfulness will change you first. Learn to be thankful. Not for those things, but for God. For things of God. I have a friend of mine that quits... This is... This is not a push to get people to stop things. This is not guilt. This is not... I have friends of mine that have quit smoking cigarettes simply 17 cigarettes in their pocket. And at the end of the day, they were smoke-free. But they smoked every one of them. Thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against me will prosper. Thank you that I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. No weapon formed against me will prosper. 17 cigarettes later, they didn't pick up another one. Because when you learn to be thankful, first of all, thankfulness. You can't be thankful and be the center of your universe. Just the act of being thankful means you're honoring somebody else or something else. For you to be thankful is a process of humility. You're humbling yourself and saying, see, Jonah, okay, God. I got myself down here. I acknowledge you. I'm so thankful for you. Just being thankful is a process of humility. It's also a process of honor. I am thankful for my wife. That means I'm honoring her. I'm giving her value. Are you thankful for anything? You, show me something that you don't value. You're not thankful for it. You show me something you value, <laughs> you're thankful for it. See, that's why when we start talking about access, see, when you're thankful to, to God, you're giving honor to, to God. You're giving access. See, if, if Frank knows that I'm thankful for him, and I know Frank's thankful for me, there's a connection. He knows I, he can speak into my life because I honor him. See, husbands... If you don't honor your wife, she knows it because you're not thankful for her. And things you say don't go where they're supposed to. You want to change your life at home? I can tell you right now, you learn to be thankful for your wife. And the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Wives, learn to be thankful for your husband. Children, learn to be thankful thankful for your parents. Parent, what happens when the children aren't thankful for their parents? <clears throat> you got problems. You got problems. What happens when the, the parents aren't thankful for their children? <clears throat> then, the, then the abuse starts. What happens when you're not thankful for your body? I know people that have taken on unnatural habits uh-oh, you want scripture for this? Before we can really talk about the effects, the positive effects of thankfulness, I'm going to show you some scripture of the effects of unthankfulness. Because in this Christian life that you live, you are either thankful or you're unthankful. There is no word in between. 
If you're not thankful by default, you're unthankful by default. By default. You want to change your work scenario? If you're an employee, employer, you want to change the people that work with you? Be thankful for them. <laughs> Titles mean nothing if you're not thankful for them. But if you're thankful for them and they know it, they'll work twice as hard and they'll be honest. If you're not thankful for your employer, you're going to still cheat on the clock. Get caught. Get fired. Because you weren't thankful. Change your life. Simple. Guys, listen. Simple things like this. You've got your whole life ahead of you. Don't make, look, don't make the mistakes that we did. Stay thankful in everything. It doesn't matter how it, what's happening. Be thankful in it. Let me show you what happens when you're not thankful. Turn me to the book of Romans, which you should already be there. Romans chapter 1. Now, we're not going to teach on this. Uh, there's a lot of stuff in this. Uh, we're going to highlight the things that pertain to this message this morning. Uh, Romans chapter 1. I'm going to start reading down here uh, in verse 28. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to debased mind. Everybody say debased mind. To do those things which are not fitting. That means of no respect. Being filled with all unrighteousness, sexual immorality, wickedness, covetousness, malice. A maliciousness, full of envy, murder, strife, deceit, evil-mindedness. They are whispers, backbiters, haters of God, violent, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedience to parents. Undiscerning, untrustworthy, unloving, unforgiving, unmerciful. That's a nasty group of people. The problem is, I can't say that. A lot of them go to church. Did I say that out loud? Did I say that? Oh, that was on. <laughs> what made them be that way? Do you think life just that they're just honorary people from birth? We don't have time to read all this. But this was a process. I'm going to start at the beginning of this, verse 16. Excuse me. I'm going to start with verse 18. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all unrighteousness, uh, excuse me, ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who suppress the truth of unrighteousness, or in unrighteousness. Because what may be known of God is manifested in them. This is a group of people who understood the manifestation of the presence of God. Everybody say church people. For since the creation of the world... The invisible attributes are clearly seen, being understood by the things that are made, even His eternal power in Godhead, so that they are without excuse. Because although they knew God, what did this group of people do? They knew God. They knew His power and His attributes. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful. Remember, church, you are either thankful or you are un. The result of being unthankful, I'm glad I got it right here, 
professing. Excuse me, let's go back. Verse 4. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were they thankful, but they became. Everybody say, became. They changed. They changed. Because they were unthankful, they changed. And what changed? What was the first thing that changed? They became vain in their thoughts. Uh-oh. Now, I know we're talking about other people at other churches. I mean, we're not talking about us. I'm sharing this with you so you can go out and share it with other people and help them. But the moment you become unthankful is the moment your thoughts begin to grow selfish. That's what vain is. You begin to have selfish thoughts. Man, I just don't like that. Well, I don't like that. And I don't like that. That's all vain thinking. Because you're the center of your universe. And you're not thankful to the attributes and the quality and the power of God and what He's done for you. Here is a principle in life that you must understand. And this is Jonah's story. How you leave determines how you enter. If you leave a job mad, you're going to go to another job mad. See, Jonah left one circumstance selfish and he entered a circumstance selfish. Something happened in the middle of that circumstance that caused him to become unselfish. As he was expelled onto the shore, everybody say, thank you for... I didn't say she did. As he was expelled onto the shore, he was thankful and then walked in the will of the Lord and miracles, signs and wonders happened. Because the way he entered that season of his life was because he left, he left the one thankful, entered another thankful. The way, see, I, I'm, I'm not naive enough to know that this is the only church you've ever been to or this is not the only church you'll ever go to. But the way you leave a church is the way you enter another church. If you're hurt leaving one, you're going to come in hurt. You're going to bring it with you. I'm hoping that while you're here, your heart can turn and start being thankful to your God despite your circumstances because the key for you living in the kingdom of heaven and living in the salvation that God has for you on this planet is via the key of the kingdom of heaven on this earth now that's good preaching that's truth it will change your life Look what it says right here. Verse 22. Professing, oh, go back up. I stopped at the word became. Uh, but became vain in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. You ever been around somebody that's just, there's no light, there's no life. You know, because of the way they were thinking, it affects their hearts. That's what we're talking about on Wednesday nights. See, the word of God is sharper than two-edged sword, rightly dividing the thoughts and the reason you think what you think. That's what we're going to get to on Wednesday night. We can't do it on Sunday morning because that's scary for a lot of people. <laughs> they really want an excuse. We're going to get rid of all your excuses. Oh, they were without excuse. Excuse me. I didn't hear anything. Okay, we won't, we won't go to that. Look, look what it says here. Professing to be wise, they became fools. You ever hear anybody that... that tells you how smart they are, and you walk away going, yeah. Because their heart's dark, and all their world is centered around them. You can hear somebody when they talk. If all they talk about is themselves, you're talking about someone that's just about to come out the other way. You're going to come out one way, uh, the other, just get, you got to get used to that one. That's going to be a, that's going to be a picture. That's what we call a word picture. <sighs> <Yeah. 
professing to be wise, they became, there's that word became, they changed, they became fools. And changed, oh, there's that word changed again. And they changed again, why? Because they were unthankful. They changed the glory of the incorruptible God into, into a, a corruptible God. God didn't change. They changed the glory of God because they were unthankful. Because they are now the center of their universe, they're dictating what is God and what is not. Whew. Remember, this is all because they were un. Everybody say it. Unthankful. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible men and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanliness in the lust of their hearts. See, there was lust in their hearts. And they began to dishonor their bodies. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Am I talking about your flesh? Yeah. How many of us dishonor our bodies because we're not thankful for our bodies? Yeah, I'm not talking about smoking and drinking. Let's get to what the Bible talks about gluttony. How many of us do things to our bodies because we're not thankful for them? We take it for granted. See, you take things for granted you're not thankful for, don't you? How many of us have a car? And you're just not really thankful for it. I guarantee you, the moment you stop being thankful for cars when you don't change the oil. That's right. You don't wash it. The moment you don't take care of your mate is when you're not thankful for it. Men, Fifteen minutes? Fifteen minutes? See, this is what the scripture says. For men to love their wives as Christ loved the church. I've shared this at men's retreats. Maybe I shouldn't share it because then the wives know what's happening. If you, men, if you don't want to hear this and be responsible for it, close your ears. The Bible says, <laughs> the Bible says this, for men to love their wife as Christ loved the church. Hello? Jesus isn't coming back for a wife. See, they knew men loved their wife as a wife. You say the word wife, what goes through your head? Children, Lonnie, dinner, submitting. Jesus is coming back for a bride. What do you see when I say the word bride? It's her day. Jesus is coming back for a bride. Someone he can love on forever. Someone he can cherish and ordain with nice things. Pour out his love upon. Now right now, women, you need to be saying amen. amen. That's a good time for you women to say amen. amen. <laughs> Men, Jesus isn't coming back for someone to do things for them. He's coming back for someone he can love. Because he's thankful. When we get into the, the week, we're going to talk about access. You'll find out what happens in relationship when you begin to be. Matter of fact, everywhere it talks about submitting, wives submit, husbands. It starts out, you can't even do that without being thankful. Everywhere it talks about us being friends with one another singing and making songs and melody in our heart, be giving thanks. It's through 
the entire Word of God and we miss it because it's not deep. It's not. You have to go, for, you have to go to cemetery school. You've got to go to cemetery school to get past the verses that talk about thanksgiving. There is no minister that should ever minister, stand behind the pulpit, or have any responsibility. There is no elder, no deacon, no nothing in the body of Christ. His first requirement is for him to be thankful. When you have a pastor or a prophet or evangelist not thankful for people, they're going to hurt people. They're going to misuse people. They're not going to care for the people. They're just caring for themselves. It's called codependent Christianity. And the church is full of codependent Christianity. It's time for us to start living within the kingdom of heaven on this earth. And it starts with taking the master key. Frank, I am so thankful for you, and you know that. And I'm just not putting on a show. I am thankful for this man. And gay. I'm sorry. <laughs> Frank would not be the man without the woman here. You know what I'm saying? And everybody knows I'm telling the truth on that one. <laughs> Church. Look what happened in the book of Romans. It started as soon as they got self-centered. We, 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 we hear the most awesome, I'm going to set this down. We hear the most awesome message about Jesus dying on the cross for all man's sin. See, the church has become unthankful for the world. So we don't give the world any value. So we take all the messages we hear. We, when was the last time, when was the last time that you heard a prosperity message and you really wanted someone else to hear it instead of yourself? I used to encourage people, quit praying for yourself. That's probably gonna happen in two weeks. I'm gonna challenge you not to pray for yourself. Huh? Oh, it's taught. Pray for others. Here's the principle. The Bible says Jesus is making intercession for you daily. Do you think he's going to miss something? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think Jesus prayed this through for me. Oh, bless God. Listen, if Jesus is praying for you daily in the presence of God as Father, what do you got to remind him of? Once you know that you're taken care of, now you can go take care of other people. You can turn your heart outwardly. You can start really think. When, when all your life is about you and your sickness, you'll never lay hands on nobody else. Job's whole life was about his and the sickness. Laying in bed. I'm going to do it. Oh. Whoa. Sound men hated that. Whoa with me. Oh, that's okay. That was my fault, Don. Everybody give Don a hand. <laughs> Don, that wasn't you. That was me. I did that on purpose. Thank you, Don. Well, Job was so self-centered. Things changed in his life when he remembered his friends. You want to change your life? You want to change this church? You may not like me, but be thankful to God. Anyway, at least you become vain in your thoughts and ungodly in your actions and start griping and complaining like the children of Israel. God called that evil. Oh, we don't want to be evil. We want to be full of faith. Thank, see, now, if, here's the principle. If everything that happened to them, see, I just don't have enough time. If everything that happened to them because of unthankfulness Everybody know what I just did? Flip the coin over. You can take the opposite results and add it to thanksgiving, thankfulness. If you want fresh, godly thoughts and you want to be thinking about other people, the first thing you need to do is what? Glorify God and be thankful. And the end result will be walking in faith, signs and wonders in miracles. That's good. 
Here's the principle. A fruit tree. I added some more trees. I know someone had to notice. Apple trees don't eat their own apples. You ever seen that? Except Wizard of Oz. Come on. I've had people say, what about the Wizard of Oz? Those weren't real trees. Maybe when you were this big, you thought they were real trees. And then they just chunked them. They didn't eat them. The fruit that you bear is for somebody else, not you. Your long-suffering, your gentleness, your kindness, your meekness, mine is for you. My gentleness is for Joy. Her gentleness is for me. Oral Roberts performed signs, wonders, and miracles. A reporter came up to Oral Roberts and said, do you believe that God's a healing God? He said, yes. He goes, aha! How come you still wear glasses? <laughs> Old Robert said this, profound man, so I can see better. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh -uh. Kyle, the guy was stupid. Thought he had him. Because your gift isn't for you. See, to love God... It's not about coming up here. I mean, don't get me wrong. I love, I want the children to do this up here. Go ahead and get the children. I want the children to worship in front of you, and I hope you catch it someday and follow their lead. Be like little children and come to God and twirl. But see, your fruit is not for you. Your fruit is for somebody else. What about me? I want some fruit. Start being thankful. And your eyes will get off of you. Amen. Father, we thank you for this time you've given us to be together here this morning. We give you praise. We give you glory for what you're doing in our midst. Father, I thank you for your word that brings us life and life more abundant. It brings us energy. Vitality. Nourishment. Father, I thank you for your word. And all God's people said. All right, children, come on up. Okay, can you hear me? All right, guys, I just wanted to share what we're learning because sometimes even though we as adults know it, we forget it. And when you, when you teach these children and it clicks what's supposed to be going on in our lives, we think, you know, I've forgotten that. I've forgotten that. So. So we're just going to do a real quick thing on what we learned. Okay, guys, you have to be loud when I ask you a question, okay? All right, guys, we've been learning about stars and moons and everything, and you're going to see how that relates to God in just a moment. Okay, guys, everybody hold up their star. Now, you can't see this, but in their classroom it glows in the dark because a star has light. Does a star have light of its own? It doesn't need anything. It's got its own light. It's the way God created it. Okay? Does a moon have a light? What does it need? A reflection. It needs a reflection, and a reflection is like a, listen, guys, a mirror. 
Now, guys, do we have our own light inside of us? What light do we need inside of us? Jesus. We need Jesus. We don't shine without Jesus, do we, guys? And we are to be a reflection, guys, of Jesus. Listen, guys, listen. Sorry. They're, they're full of energy. They've calmed down a little, believe it or not. <laughs> okay, guys. If we're supposed to be a reflection of Jesus, we're supposed to do what he does, right? Yes. Now, would Jesus obey his parents? Listen. Whoop, come back over here. Come back over here. Yeah. So, guys, who do we need to reflect and show in everything we do? Jesus. That's right. That's simple, guys. It's very simple. But sometimes adults forget that even in the workplace, even wherever we go, we forget that we're a full-time light to Jesus. Good job, guys. All right. Go find your parents. <laughs> Amen. All right. See, the children can do it. We can shine. You know, just want you to know, the church will be going through some changes. Everybody understand what I mean by changes? It's going to happen one way or the other. I really hope that you can join the rest of us by being thankful people and watching the glory of God manifest. It is more important than signs and wonders even. Because when people know that you're thankful for them, it will connect you with them. When the community knows that we're thankful for it, we have a connection. We have access to the community. Amen. If you shut off thankfulness, you've shut off access. And you cannot make an impact. How many people want to make an impact? That is why I'm so thankful for you, because I want to make an impact in your life. Thank you. The ones that serve here, Rachel, TK, Sandra, Tammy, the deacons, the elders, everybody that serves here. Tammy, thank you. Where's Jean? Where's she? Thank you, Jean. Jean, thank you. Worship team, thank you. Thank you. You have access. Kyle, you know you got access. Rick, access. I'm thankful for you. Access. That's how you touch touch people's hearts. Amen. That's the best I can do. Let's stand up.